Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 31. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching, a topic of the week brought to you by me, and then a movie review of the new horror film, The Nun. So let's get into it. James, what have you been watching? So actually, you and I, Marco, went and saw an early screening of the new The Predator movie. Whoa, don't put me on blast. Yeah, directed by Shane Black. Oh, um, sounds I promising. Invited through a, an old program through my school, so I was able to get some advanced tickets. We wanted to bring Nabil along, but it just didn't kind of work out. No, unfortunately. Uh, he actually might have dodged a bullet, just to give everybody <laughs> a little heads up there. Yeah, you, you're going to be thanking us later. Which, you know, once again, it depends on it. But uh, we saw The Predator. It's directed by Shane Black, who did um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, and most recently, The Nice Guys, which I really liked, actually. I haven't seen Nice Guys, but I've seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and, of course, Iron Man 3, which I like both. Yeah, so this one, uh, the IMDb summary on it, is when a young boy accidentally triggers the universe's most lethal hunters return to Earth. Only a ragtag crew of ex-soldiers and uh, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't matter. Already is, that, is that really accurate? <laughs> it, is, it's is not, it? actually. Are That's they why not I ragtags? Like, mm, yeah. Are they soldiers? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are, actually. But, I mean, uh, it doesn't really center on the kid. As on much as on paper, think. they're soldiers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it actually stars uh, Boyd Holbrook as Quinn McKenna, um, Jacob Tremblay as Rory McKenna, and then kind of the ensemble is Trevante Rhodes, um, most famous for like his role in Moonlight. And I guess he's also in another show you were telling me about. For um, He plays in Nebraska Williams. And Keegan-Michael Key's in it. He plays a guy named Coyle. That sounds uh, promising. Olivia Munn is in it. She plays a doctor that's uh, Yusuf's character number two. And then Sterling <laughs> K. Brown is a guy named Traeger. Um, Who's also useless. Uh, he's too corny, too. So... First off, so yeah, we're shitting on the movie. It's weird because we were really looking forward to this. I even watched Predator, Predator 2, and Predators as like a um, refresher course since that's all part of the quote-unquote canon of the Predator universe. As did I. Um, the movie tonally doesn't fit too well with the previous films. As I, You've seen them, right? Obviously. Yeah, I've seen the We've, three. I think our first movie we ever saw was Predators. Yeah. It's like memories. <laughs> so, um, then now that's tarnished thanks to this movie. Oh no, Predator is good. Predator is so, a good movie. No, I mean like the franchise, but I well, mean it's always tar- every it, film it takes comes a full, out with it, a risk. It takes takes a full one eighty, and it's vastly it's almost, different. It's almost like as, a comedy. It's more of a comedy family film. It's a spoof, no. man. Yeah, you like that? That's not how the trailers make it sound. They make it. I mean, it look it, gory. I will say that the trailers are. Com- I, I, they, don't they lie anything. to us. Yeah. They lie to us. I, I'm, there's just no other way to say it because it's a complete different tonal shift from the other movies and even from the trailer itself because the, the entire movie just doesn't take itself serious. and Which is weird because early reports said that Shane Black wanted to bring it back to the roots of the first movie. because yeah, Shane Black is in the first movie. So yeah. It's kind of strange because the other movies, I'd say, are considered horror action films. Right. More action i mean they're not very scary not really no outside of no, some like shock, maybe some shocking moments in the goriness uh add up and create kind of a scary environment but yeah overall this one takes a step back the plot i'll say is actually decent it does change the entire kind of point of the predators without spoiling it i don't want to really? spoil it that's yeah i did which i i didn't mind too much except it makes that it with predators I it think. doesn't really match the intentions or the outcomes of the first predator movie 
because there's a right, huge reveal. Like, there's a huge reveal in that, and it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense. But they're. I mean, they they kill for sport. Let's. That's you know. That's the whole premise of it, right? And it's a 31 year old not franchise now. Not anymore. The, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not. Gonna, we don't want to spoil what what. That's exactly what you revealed, because that's yeah. even what they go through in Predators. Yeah, like, well, they, they we're, again, we have don't you seen Predators it, in a while? It's been a few years, but okay, because yeah. technically, on the planet they are hunting for sport there, but there's something else going on, and it kind of plays off of that. I see. So he's kind of building off of that last Be, because Robert Rodriguez of. left it a little bit ambiguous, so it left it room for someone else to take over right. and and go in a different direction. But I mean, Shane Black took a hard left and was like now nah, there's almost this way. like at least in predators there's some funny moments because roger uh, robert rodriguez does really well with kind of that campiness of yeah. films that he does but shane black here decided to go like with a lot of comedic relief which is really strange very few parts of this movie are ever taken serious which i know i mean the theme I feel like he's going for more of like a campy feel to it. Like this movie belongs in like the you, '90s. You think he was forcing it, like how they, you know, kind of call back to the '80s um, original Predators, oh, where I think it's that was not, his it's intention. Serious. It's actually supposed to be a serious film, but he obviously has a lot of campy dialogue now. But kind he of, was trying to go back there and imitate that. Uh, yeah, but this, this felt more like the Meg with uh, oh. Predator. <laughs> really? Actually, yeah. yeah. That's a pretty bad. And I mean, the CG in this one is a little, it's a little sketch at times. We got to see it in the Dolby yeah. um, Cinema Vision or whatever the hell it was. So it actually saw it pretty nice, but I don't think it was set up correctly. <laughs> so some parts were good where they used like practical effects looked really good. And then the CGI though was Some of the CG off. was pretty bad. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. Like I think Predators like released Which is in crazy. 2010. You really don't need better. to do much with CGI. Like you, you're you pretty solid practical effects. I mean, Predators, they did pretty good with practical effects for the most part. Yeah, so, Predators. You no, know, I was saying it, Predators looks better. Yeah, overall, but, I like the, the Predator wasn't. I like the environments of Predators overall compared to this one. This one just didn't work for me. I, I will say this. When Shane Black did pay homage to the original franchise, is when it worked, and then anything new that he did this was film. just off. No. Yeah, that's, that's just my take on. It. I don't know if, if James agrees or not, but I mean, he, that's how I he, felt. He introduces pretty little, I think, but whatever he does, it just it's like okay, I guess. But. Well, I mean, like the comedy stuff, it was just it was full throttle. It was too much. It's kind of like. Um, Man, I guess because he's he does well. Shane Black does well with that kind of like smart ass. Like yeah. he did, he wrote Lethal Weapon and and all that stuff. So yeah. he does well when it's like smaller teams. That's why I think Nice Guys works so well. But the fact that there's like seven main dudes, it's like okay, who do I care about here? So it also gave kind of because he wrote Monster Squad. Also, it's an, uh, like an old '80s movie, and it kind of was akin kind of to that where it's kind of campy. It's it's supposedly a quote unquote scary movie, but you're it's self aware to where it's like it's not, and I kind of felt a little bit reminiscent to that, and it for Predator it just doesn't work. At least for me, it doesn't. Some people maybe liked it, but I sure saw it didn't. That sounds very disappointing, guys. I did see a I did see a good movie though. I saw Searching, which is oh, um, yes. kind of a local guy here. Yeah, it's directed by Anish Chaganti. It's his first um, major film actually. So. It says, after his 16-year-old daughter goes missing, a desperate father breaks into her laptop to look for clues to find her. Um, this one stars John Cho. He plays a guy named David Kim. Uh, we have Michelle La as Margot Kim, and then um, Deborah Messing as Detective Vic. Um, I'll keep it short. Basically, this movie's really well done. So, unlike the movie... It's like the movie Unfriended, where the entire screen, basically, as you're watching it, is the laptop. And it is everything kind of unravels between like social media videos and the main character like going through the laptop to try to find his daughter because his daughter goes missing one night. Um, she goes to a supposed study group. Uh, he misses her call like at 11 o'clock at night. She calls him like three times and just goes missing basically. It takes place in San Jose, which is really cool oh, too. That's nice. Very local. Though the director's from San Jose, so it's really nice. And they show like ABC7 and all this crap. So yeah. Like, oh, look at this. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Really well done, though. The unlike Unfriended Dark Web, which is terrible, this one <laughs> does it so much, much, much better, man. It's like, oh my god, it's really good pacing. The movie itself has a really good story about kind of 
I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's about kind of figuring out. It's like a father daughter relationship, and what a man will do, and how far he'll go to uncover the truth. And there's like a really big twist in the movie too, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I didn't see it coming at all, and um, it's got a lot of heart too. And it, I I can't I can't recommend it enough. So yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing good things about it. So that's that's one that's on my list of uh, must watch. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. What about you, Nabil? What have you been watching? Well, um, I honestly, as uh, as there is no surprise with my viewership of any film or show, I've been watching that many things. But fuck, they build into his homework again. <laughs> well, that's the pod, guys. I apologize. But something did come out that I have been waiting for for a while that uh, I finally got to see, which was uh, the show Jack Ryan. It came out on Amazon. Yeah, uh, starring John Krasinski. And Heard it's, good things also. Yeah, it's it's actually uh, I think it was a really great show. Um, eight episodes aired on Amazon Prime, um, and it's based off the Tom Clancy books um, of the same name, uh, Jack Ryan novels that he's got. The character is based off of his books, but it's not tied to a specific book. So kind of the lore of Jack Ryan is there and how they've kind of built it up, but it's it's very early stages. of He's a CIA analyst, um, kind of falls into uh, a situation where he's reviewing some suspicious uh, series of bank transactions, and it kind of leads him to looking for answers in the Middle East and Europe to find a, a terrorist cell. Nice. Um, did you watch all eight episodes? I did. I saw all eight episodes, and I'm pretty disappointed. Marathon. Yeah, I mean... It was very well done, and I'm sad that there's only eight, and I don't know when they're going to get a new season, but I assume sometime next year, Yeah, um, which is pretty disappointing. The The show, what's, what I liked about the show is that, it, yeah, it's about a CIA guy who's trying to find terrorists. That's, that's the general premise of it, right, and stop a terrorist plot. But what I like about it is that they approach the terrorists um, a little differently than um, a lot of other shows, you know. They're the terrorists are Muslim in the Middle East, but they have Jack Ryan's boss is also uh, a Muslim, non-practicing Muslim. Um, they kind of show you a perspective from the terrorists and about what they're doing and why. Um, not necessarily for good reasons or anything, but kind of make the make everybody around them give you a situation. And and they do a lot of good character development. I so think it's more like background story, yeah. and exposition. So they do well for just eight episodes and how much they fill in. The overarching plot, I mean, it's it's. A to B, it's pretty quick on everything that happens. But there's a lot of like unexpected things, like people die, and and it's pretty serious, and you don't expect it. Um, and there's a lot of John Krasinski does great, I think, as as Jack Ryan, and just kind of seeing him outside of the office. And um, I know you've seen him in the movies, like he did that film, a Quiet Place, of course. Um, but seeing him kind of again as an action star, but also kind of a reluctant action star, which is what the character really is. Um, I think he does a great job. Now, do, do they connect it to any of the movies that are about Jack Ryan, like Hunt for <clears throat> October, Patriot Games, Clean or Present Danger? No, not not very specifically. Characters are there, like Jack Ryan's boss is, is the same character who, early on though, very young, but he's the one that James Earl Jones plays in um, the two uh, Harrison Ford films. Nice. Um, so who's, is he like, is he the definitive Jack Ryan or... Do you like Baldwin? Do you like Harrison Ford? Do you like Ben it's, Affleck? <laughs> Chris, Chris, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, I've always liked the uh, Harrison Ford ones myself. Me too. Um, as an overall. But he was also an older Jack Ryan. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of like John Krasinski out of out of everything that I've seen as a character more because he kind of... he The background to give him to is that he's ex-military, so retired military, and now he works in the CIA. So he's a guy who can handle himself. But doesn't want to be in this situation. Like he chose an office job for a reason. So he's you Jack know? Ryan. Yeah. So he's Jack Ryan. This and is the he, same yeah. Jack That's exactly Ryan. Exactly. Shadow recruit. Exactly. <laughs> but he does. He does. Well, it's the same well background. Hunt for Red October. It's like what Chris Pine was trying to, to play, but it wasn't as relatable. Yeah. John Krasinski plays that character way nice. better. So um, it looks good. Different eras too, yeah. and they make it very modern, which I like. They use technology and everything. Um, so it's not stuck in the Cold War or anything. Kind of focused on that. Yeah. They, they really do a good job at trying to update it. So nice. I definitely recommend watching it if if you're into any kind of like the uh kind of action almost espionage but not too much uh but definitely thriller it's on my queue so i'm definitely gonna watch it especially with only eight episodes are they an hour long each about yeah about some of them are 48 minutes but averaging between that and 60 i gotta i'm gonna definitely watch that one and the other thing since i haven't watched too many i did want to bring up something a little different um and it was something that i've been playing Uh Uh oh so Want to change it up a little bit? Uh, the new Spider-Man ca- game came out for PlayStation Four. Um, yes, it did. Nice. And, 
that game is loads of fun. And James helped me procure my game when I was having trouble getting it the day it released. So I appreciate that, James. Oh, yeah, yeah, no you, you can't see it right now, but the Bill's trying to shoot webs uh, out of his hands. Well, I've been playing so much, I figured I could really, you know, like morphed onto my hands or something. But it apparently it's working right now. So we'll figure that out. Someday. Yeah. But the game, I mean, it's... There's been a lot of Spider-Man games out. James can tell you that I've played pretty much all of them. And um, I've had my ups and downs with this. I'm also a very big Spider-Man fan. And um, this game gives me everything that I've been waiting for. Yeah, Um, it's really good. I've been playing it too. I'm about three and a half, four hours into it. About the same. I think I've been about four or five hours in. And it is fantastic. You can just get lost swinging around the city. for like. I think I spent an hour and a half just doing random things in the city and not even trying to do a mission. Yeah, it definitely looks amazing, and I kind of wish I had. Yeah, a you should PS4. be disappointed, uh, Marco, because you don't have a PlayStation Four. Uh, I, I I am a little. I bit. think Nabil should be disappointed because he doesn't have a PS Four Pro with the four K oh, TV. Just making sure. Because in 4K, it looks fantastic. I know. I've seen some of the videos on that. I am pretty disappointed. I don't have a four K TV to see that. So I can only imagine what James gets to experience that I don't. But from what I do get to see. It's pretty awesome. It's okay, Nabil. I'm still stuck in uh, 2010 also. <laughs> it's not my game of the year, though. But. No, definitely not like the best game I've played, but it's very fun, which is what I've been kind of looking for is something that's not too much like I have to keep doing this and move forward and get, yeah. you know, keep going. Like you can really just play around in the game, do the missions. They're not, it's not the over, most uh, complicated thing, it's, but the story is yeah. good enough for a comic story too. And no, like, no, it's, do. it's definitely the best Spider-Man game. Yeah. Um, Sony wise exclusive. It's the third exclusive game of the year with the other ones being um, Detroit become human and God of war. Right. And I don't think it's better than those two. No, so. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were. Yeah, it just uh, looks better. like a lot of fun. It's it looks like the like the Arkham Batman version of Spider Man. Yeah, a much more upbeat Arkham. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, game. And you don't Sony have to sneak around twenty four seven. So mm-hmm. it's it's really nice that they switched it up because their last game was Sunset Overdrive, and not a lot of people t- check that one out. So. Yeah. And, and they've made it, you know, very simple as far as, like, um, upgradables and stuff. Like, nothing's overly complex for anybody who's no, a just a casual all. gamer. Um, you could pretty much just jump in and go for it, and you'll you, you'll find something that you'll enjoy about it. A lot of good little Easter eggs. Um, so anything that, that you might be interested in, some of the other comic stuff. And and really, because he's older, he's not, it's not like an origin story, so you kind of just jump in with him already being an established Spider-Man for, I think, eight years. It helps you kind of just push forward and say, oh, I know these characters. It doesn't kind of, like, play to you saying, oh, well, you don't know anything. You know, you got to start from scratch. Like... You either know it or you'll. they'll give you enough context for you to understand yeah. what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's like the the Arkham games. Yeah. They do the same. So, yeah, um, th- that's those are the, the things I've been doing. And um, hopefully I'll give you guys a little bit more the next time. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Marco? What have you been watching? Well, as much shit as I was giving to Bill, I also <laughs> haven't really been watching much. Well, a, a lot of the stuff that I've mentioned before. But... We watch Predator. No, yeah. <laughs> see how we talked about that. But I, I could go on and on about how crappy that movie was. But we we almost were going to review it, but I'm kind of glad we didn't. It would have been a fun episode, though. It would have, I guess. Uh, one thing new that I have been watching, though, is uh, season two of the Netflix original Ozark. And I must say, I don't know how I feel about season two. It's, it's kind of, I have mis- mixed feelings about it. I was, really? I was talking to James yeah, about this. But just to like rehash the story, basically um, the show stars Jason Bateman and Laura Linney as uh, Marty and Wendy Bird. And Marty is a financial analyst from Chicago who actually launders money for a cartel, a drug cartel, and essentially has to flee his city with his family because his partner fucks up and they move to the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri and have to avoid the law as well as um, gain the trust of the cartel again as they repeatedly threaten him. That's the and that's that's the gist of it. Season one left off on a big cliffhanger. It carries on pretty well at the beginning of season two, but I have to say that it doesn't do well at subverting my expectations. And I know that's such a cliche to say these days, but I felt like season one 
you, it's less predictable. Yeah, like, I you, expect better. Yeah, yeah, like you don't, you they don't know. Set the bar like, up yeah, like yeah. anything like could happen in season one, and when you think someone is safe, or when you think that you know what's going to happen, it just takes a sharp turn, and you're left like at the edge of your seat, like wondering, wow, what the hell's going to happen? And I remember just not being able to stop binging season one mm-hmm. and season two. I don't know if it's because I'm watching it super late because I can't sleep lately, <laughs> but I'm having trouble just like getting through it. Like I almost just want to finish it just to see like, okay, wh- what's the end game of this season? What are you guys trying to get to? Yeah. Um, Marty played by Jason Bateman, I think is the only character I see that is evolving and growing. Like you see him get like his character darken up a little bit and become like desensitized to what's going on around him. Because it's basically like an accountant's version of Breaking Bad, so to speak. So rather than making drugs, he's cleaning or laundering money. And yeah. you see like later on, he's he's just becoming more and more fucked up as far as like how his decisions go. And that part of it is interesting. But everyone kinda, else... Kind of like Breaking Bad, I guess. Yeah. How he gradually, like, gradually yeah. gets worse. Embracing but I, it. Right. I mean, they do a good job at the beginning of this season to feel like there's an actual threat. But it, it just it doesn't work because at some point he's in danger and then he's not and he's danger and then he's not and it's too much back and forth to where you're like all right we, we know nothing's going to happen to him here or there is going to be no consequence from this action yeah based on what's happened on previous episodes whereas in the first season like literally anything could happen and they establish it from the get-go his kids i gotta say are the most annoying part of the show <laughs> Well, that sounds like Breaking Bad to me. Yeah. I, I, man, if you watch the show, you're just no, no, like... No, no. Breaking Bad, his wife was the most annoying. His son, Walt yeah. Jr., was fine. No. <laughs> like, this... <laughs> Walt Jr. was awesome. Yeah. He's always eating hey, breakfast. When's breakfast, He's always eating breakfast. When's breakfast? But, man, like, these kids, I'm just like, can these kids just, like, kind of grow the fuck up already? Like, do they not realize what's going on around them? How old are the kids in the show? Uh, They're, like, in middle school and high school. Okay. I, the, I mean, the, they have their moments, but then all of a sudden they backpedal, and I'm like, oh my god! Just when you think that they get what's going on, they just back start to backpedal and like go back to how they were at the beginning of season one, in my opinion. And then I'm like, all right, I'm. Over I haven't this. seen it. It's been on my queue for a year, and I'm being <laughs> yeah. I'm trying like not to give out too much because sounds like I want to watch a different analyst, and that'd be Jack Ryan first. Yes. Yeah, I, I well, I do say give season one a shot because it's it's solid. I'll see how I feel at the end of season two and see if it's worth the the payoff. But um, right now, I'm just sort of on the fence. I may rewatch it again later on and see how I feel about it it's a second run. But if you like those types of crime dramas, then I I recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's streaming right now. Um, check it out. Check it out if you're into these types of shows. Uh, other thing I've been watching is just. Uh, a recommendation from Nabil. I mentioned uh, a few pods ago, Sharp Objects. Yeah. I finished it. And what did you think? I thought it was fucking fantastic. Right? It keeps sucking you in each yeah. episode. Yeah. And, and see, that's another thing. I think I've come from watching a bunch of really good shows that, I, like, my expectations are really high right now. Yeah. Like, you, you have to meet them or it's bust. And Sharp Objects, uh, which is an HBO crime drama, and it stars Amy Adams and Eliza Scanlon. It's very well written, yes. I must say. It's it's suspense, suspenseful. It's shocking. Uh, very different, I must say. Mm-hmm. I was very pleased with the outcome of the show. I I can't recommend the show enough. It's very dark, though. I told you, it's it is dark. I re- I recommend that if after each episode, maybe watch something funny. Some puppies. Yeah. Some little kittens. Yeah. Get on YouTube, watch some funny videos, or check out some really quick and funny on Netflix. But <laughs> The man, the the writing is just so good. Uh, the performances are great. Man, her mom is such a bitch. <laughs> I just want to say that she's just so cruel and heartless. But um, but I loved uh their dynamics and how it showed just how dysfunctional this yeah. family was. Um, but if you're in, I I remember mentioning uh how kind of closely was to like true blood as far as like how i mean not true blood true uh true detective yeah god i keep messing those up and how dark uh it is and it's really dark and messed up and gory and detailed and Mm -hmm. i feel like this show kind of like follows in the shadows of that it's it's 
short, only eight episodes. So if you're into that type of stuff, so um, eight painful ep- episodes. So you and, and lucky you got to binge most of it. Yeah. So I was watching it week to week, and let me tell you, each time I just got felt down. I'm like, oh my god, what did I just? Watch? It's worth the payoff. <laughs> and if you watch it all the way through episode eight, there's a post credit scene at the last episode. Oh. Two post credit scenes. You have to watch them. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. You you don't you don't get the satisfying ending until the end of the series. Yep, very true. Uh, aside from that, I've just been catching up on Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul um, season four is great. I can't recommend this show enough as well. We're seeing more ties into Breaking Bad. We're actually seeing the emergence of the real Saul Goodman, and I can't wait for. The finale. Well, actually, I can't wait, but I also can't wait to see where they go at the end of this season. So that's all I've been watching. Awesome. Very nice. We've got a nice little mix again here. Let's move on now to our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. All right, guys. So topic of the week here. I was thinking about it. There's a lot of movies that I think all of us see. I think anybody, there's always movies that people don't agree with critics on. Pretty sure we all have something that we like. Specifically yeah. with Rotten Tomatoes? Yes, specifically Rotten Tomatoes. So I, Rotten Tomatoes is kind of the mainstay now for ratings on films. And the studios hate them. I know. Well, because it can either make it or break it. It yeah. doesn't always matter because sometimes people still, still go, go out and see a movie as we kind of figure it out for, yeah. over this weekend. So mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hint there. Uh, I was thinking about it. There's a ton of movies I've seen, too, that are complete fucking garbage. <laughs> Ratings-wise. <laughs> Rating-wise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, truthfully, they're probably terrible, too. There's, you know, a little bit of... Uh, there's times where they've said that the movie's great and it's complete garbage. That's true, too. I've, I've watched it on both sides. So I've seen it where a critically acclaimed movies, super highly rated, and then I go see it, and I'm like, I don't... Yeah. Am I not artsy enough? Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> like, I went to film... Like, I studied film, but... That doesn't necessarily mean I enjoy all those art house kind of films. I I like them more than I used to because of, I don't know. It's just a greater appreciation for it. But maybe even to that, extent, or, you know, I'm I've seen even worse films. That's why, or quote unquote boring ass films. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, I can handle this. If I can handle four hour long silent film, I can handle this probably. No, I couldn't. Wow, that was hard. um. So my topic of the week is what Rotten Tomato. Rotten Tomato reviewed film. That's a mouthful. 40% or less, basically. So, I mean, anything technically 59% or less is considered quote-unquote rotten, meaning a majority of critics did not enjoy the film. And this is pulled from many different sources on Rotten Tomatoes. um, Reputable sources, of course, according to them. (laughs) Let's use air quotes there. Yeah, I'm quoting a lot of shit here. So I want to know what's a forty percent or low Rotten Tomato movie rated movie that you actually like and would recommend people check out and not look at the rating and why. So I want to start with Marco. What is your movie? Uh, my movie is kind of an older movie. It's from two thousand six, and it's Grandma's Boy. If you think video games fry your mind. Adios, turd nuggets. And make you stupid. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a fucking sweet car. You're high. What is that ringing? Do I have a tumor? The comedy directed by Nicholas Gossin and starring Alan Covert and Linda Cardinelli. Uh, basically... The plot of Grandma's Boy is that a uh, video game tester uh, ends up getting kicked out of his place uh, because his roommate has actually not been paying the bills because he's been uh, visiting uh, rub and tug massage parlors. (laughs) (laughs) I shit you not, that's the plot. Yeah. And so the main character, uh, the video game developer named Alex, played by Alan Colvert, has to end up moving in with his grandma because it's the only place that he can go live for a while uh, while he searches for a new place. And that's that's really the gist of the plot, really. Oh, yeah. And then... I, uh, just a heads up, I love this. I love this movie. It's really. pretty funny. I remember yeah. during... This came out when I was in high school. I was a senior in high school, and 
WonderCon that year, they actually had premiered the movie. I didn't see it, though, because I skipped out on it. I was like, I'll check it out next time. And <laughs> I really, I saw it in theaters, and I really like it. It's part of the whole, like, Happy Madison yeah. uh, production. So it's a, yeah. Adam Sandler produced film, but he's not in it. Actually. Yeah, part part of the sell of this movie is the fact that it's all the minor, or some of the minor characters that have appeared in Adam Sandler movies um, where they actually star in their own film. So Alan Covert has been in uh, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. And then Peter Dante, who plays a character named Dante in the movie, is also like uh, one of the main characters in the movie. This movie has a whopping 16% wow. on Rotten Tomatoes. But get this, the audience score is at 85%. Oh, nice. That's yeah. I uh, Unlike James, I didn't get to see this movie in theaters, but I remember watching it uh, or watching the trailer uh, in theaters and it was one of those that kind of slipped away and I was like oh, I want to see that and then years later when it came out on uh, DVD um, a good friend of mine actually rec- recommended it to me and said you got to check that movie out I did I liked it and I think that it's definitely better than what that fucking score says I don't agree with that score it's extremely funny there's a lot of memorable jokes and one-liners in that movie that just carry on and are still like hilarious today i saw the movie last year sometime it was just on tv and i found myself just chuckling and laughing still at these (laughs) jokes that are well over 10 years old but it works and the the plot is very stupid because it's just about a bunch of game developers working for a game company and they're trying to execute their next big project meanwhile alex is also trying to develop his own game on the side and has an arch nemesis at his work that is <laughs> constantly trying to undermine him um and it's it's just a, a it's just a bunch it's just a big group of like ragtag people who come together and actually make this film work because none of these guys have ever starred in a film no and yet, they this ensemble actually makes this movie really great. Yeah, like Nick Swartzman's hilarious in this movie. Yeah. Uh, overall, the movie's pretty funny. Yeah, some of the jokes are kind of dated, but you know what? Even even today, some Matrix jokes are still funny. Looking at James right now. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Um, <laughs> it, you can probably find it streaming somewhere. I know sometimes it comes on Netflix, um, or you can go out and you can probably rent it on i don't think you can find it on redbox but you can probably find it on amazon for pretty cheap though to rent. yeah i think so i think i looked it up i don't think this is available on blu-ray though no i don't believe so no i believe it's a DVD you can get one. it streaming or you can buy it for like 3.99 or something yeah you can iTunes. you can rent it on stream for sure oh, okay but i i recommend you check it out if you like kind of this uh raunchy type of comedy then i'd say it's for you if you if you like stuff like i don't know like super bad then I feel like this movie would probably be up your alley. Um, It's a nice little hidden gem. Yeah. Because, you do. I mean, just reading off the plot, you don't think that'd be something you'd be interested in. But again, it's it's the ensemble of characters that make it work. I think the character of Dante is absolutely hilarious. He's a freaking stoner pothead dealer that just says and does some of the craziest and dumbest things in this movie. But um, overall, I think it's enjoyable. So, yeah, I recommend it. Nice. Uh, what about you, Nabil? What's your recommendation? Uh, mine is not funny. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, it's actually a film starred early Christian Bale action hero, um, Equilibrium. The cleric is the final line of defense. If the resistance compromises it, we are doomed. came out in 2002 also starred sean bean so yes, you is. know what happens to sean oh, bean right. in this movie. he definitely dies yes. in the first 15 minutes <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> as always mind you he had second billing so huh, still good name recommend recognition for a guy i want to say like, the movie was um, one of those movies that was also funded by chinese corporation yes yes it was um which is odd based off of the topic of the film which is in a futuristic world a uh, strict regime has eliminated war by suppressing emotions. Books, art, music, all forbidden. And uh, feeling at all, any feelings, is a crime punishable by death. No mention of gun fu in there, huh? No, none of that. No. Strange. Very strange. <laughs> That's like the best part of the movie, man. I'm just kidding. It's the only memorable part of that movie. <laughs> um, 
I mean, debatable. Yeah, this motherfucker comes in and is cane people. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I remember for like twelve years, I was like, Jesus Christ, this, this was is the insane. this was the next Matrix for for me when they I, were when trying. It came out. Yeah. They were trying to at least. Um, and it's basically Christian Bale's character is is uh, they call him they call him clerics, um, and he for, he forgets misses to take one of his drugs that they give him um, to suppress kind of his emotions and um, starts seeing the world for the with the beauty that it is art music and realizes that oh the government's trying to suppress this and he's going to stop it and same kind of guys of Fahrenheit four fifty one um, or Children of Men. The, you know, where it's kind of a dystopian world. This is kind of like after World War Three, I think, is where they set this up as. And uh, the difference is, is that there's just a lot of action. Um, and Christian Bale is, like, dual-wielding pistols and murking yeah, people left and tight. right. Doing really great action. Like, the action scenes is what's memorable to me. The rating on Rotten Tomatoes was 38%. So not the strongest. Probably not one of the strongest ones for Christian Bale, for sure. But it's... The story itself, nothing new i would say you know they didn't bring anything new to it it was i mean yeah they they it was more focused on the emotions part and not feeling but really wasn't anything innovative but it really was like the action scenes that really sold the movie for me just a bunch of flips kind of matrix style thing before they started really getting into uh matrix uh reloaded reloaded right so once and then you that kind of got quieted down equilibrium once that film came out and really showed over the top action, but um, it was right before that came out and this film kind of was very exciting, especially seeing Christian Bale. It was it was also pretty exciting because uh, Christian Bale had also been uh, announced as being the next Batman, right? Too. And so that's what really kind of hyped it up even more was that it was the appeal of saying, oh, he's going to be the next Batman. Did what you see it in theaters? I did not. No, I don't I remember it ever DVD. coming out in theaters. Which I, I don't know. If, yeah. I'm sure it did because I think I got a December release, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, as a wide release for that year. So it was the end of the year, but... Um, I saw it like years later, in yeah. like 2006 or 2007. Yeah, exactly. I saw it later too because it was also another recommendation from a friend. But I, I enjoyed... I mean, the action was really good for, for the time. I actually would probably still watch it and enjoy it today. But I also like the elements that are borrowed from Fahrenheit 451 because yeah. that's one of my favorite books. And it was a, a much better adaptation film-wise than anything else I've seen of that type of story because they actually in the, in the movie they actually burn like the books oh, yeah. and art and everything yes. just like they do in that book too mm-hmm. so i i kind of like those elements and seeing something adapted so well and executed well i thought i really appreciate it so that's another aspect that i liked about it yeah i think that um they do they do put you in the world they set they, they put the setting in really well i think it was one of the good things is that yeah it's just hoping that these people are serious about it like they show serious consequences yeah um, people do die you know and it's intense but oh yeah um i always just remember getting so excited about the action scenes that's what really reminded me and if, if anything just for that there's been enough bad films with terrible action scenes that they try to go over the top that have gotten <laughs> rated better than this and um i think that's what's part of what was disappointing realizing how low it was because um, Christian Bell just great as a whole in the acting part of it. Like he's a pretty seldom character. Um, trying to, in a lot of his films, he's really serious, anyways. And then this is a guy who's starting to appreciate things and and write, come into emotion and and appreciate art and and life and its beauty. And I think he does a good job with displaying emotion. Um, oh yeah, the scene when he feels something for the first, hears music for the first time. Yeah, on the record player. I think it's still like a really good scene. So yeah, exactly. So he has he does a really he has a lot of range in here. But if if you're just looking for just action as a whole, or or just see, trying to see a lot of Christian Bell films, this is definitely one I would recommend watching. And what about James? What uh, what movie uh, what you watching that, that got man? shit on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, would you recommend? Uh, mine's kind of random, I guess, but there's a meaning behind everything. Um, mine is the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, which also came out in 2006. Ready. Set the go. It's called drifting. What do you mean drift? The cars are lighter. The tires are slick. When you drift, if you ain't out of control, you ain't in control. Still need a dictionary? So mine, uh, 37% rotten, uh, rotten Tomato score. This was directed by Justin Lin, who eventually became a good director. 
He also did Annapolis. Um, the yeah. One, the James Franco movie. The same year, by the way. So, it was a good movie, too. Yeah, not bad uh, with Tyrese. So you can yeah. tell it was during that time period. Uh, he also did all uh, Fast, like, 4 through 6. Yeah, he, he helped then, uh, reinvigorate the franchise. Yeah, he set the movies in a different kind of direction after this, too. And uh, Then he did, most recently, Star Trek Beyond. Yes. Which was in uh, 2016, and yeah. I didn't know he did that. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah it was, I actually wasn't did like bad. that one. Just terrible marketing. Mm-hmm. IMDb description on it is, A teenager becomes a major competitor in the world of drift racing after moving in with his father in Tokyo to avoid a jail sentence in America. Uh, it's played by 40-year-old Lucas Black. Uh, he plays uh, Sean Boswell. Old. <laughs> he is pretty old He's in old as film fuck, already. Dude. He's yeah. playing a 16-year-old, I think. Yeah. I was like, he was like thirty something. When he yeah, did. he was just coming off of the Friday Night Lights. It's so a nice, uh, nice five o'clock shadow yeah. you got there. Yeah. Uh, Lil Bow Wow is Twinkie, and we can pretty much stop there. He's, I guess. he's, he's not making these names up. They got the bully, who's the older brother in Home Improvement. So they got uh, that too. I mean, he's such a minor character though. Uh, Brian T is DK, which is Donkey Dr- Kong. Drift King. Mm. Sung Kang is Han, who is actually really good in this movie. And Nathalie Kelly is Neela, the girl that everybody forgot about. Solid movie, by the way. I like this movie. It's a good movie. No, it's not. It's bad one. At all. Of, we talked about this before. Yeah. This is one of the last Fast and Furious movies that actually focuses on racing. Yep. There's very few. Well, it, there was only really like two that focused on racing, which was the first one and this one. And this one. Um, I like the character of Han a lot, and I actually like throughout the remaining Fast and Furious movies, four through seven, I want to say. Yeah. You know, spoiler, something happens to him. But he's actually a really good character. Yes. And it's weird because technically Tokyo Drift, time-wise, uh, doesn't take place Set immediately the future, after the right? second yeah. movie. It takes place after the sixth movie and in between the seventh movie because something happens. That's so crazy. So if you technically want Which, to watch it in order, it's for, weird. For the record, pretty sure that wasn't the intention when the film came out to begin no. with? No, because <laughs> nope. they, they even retcon a few things yeah. in Fast 7, I think, and it's like, oh, that's how that happened, mm-hmm. or Fast 6. I, I, truthfully, they blend together. This is actually the one in the series I've seen the most, because I really yeah. do enjoy it. I saw it a lot, too. I also, I, the reason why I like it so much is that the night after I graduated high school, this is the movie, first movie I saw, so it oh. was like my um, movie of like freedom. I was like, oh, this is awesome. We're going to see a movie. Um <laughs> I actually like the soundtrack too. Arguably, music's I think great. I was just this might say be that. the best soundtrack yeah. out of the entire series. And they, yeah. and it's not that the music's just great; it's well placed too. Like when you're jumping to like a scene where there's like a club atmosphere, they play oh, like no. songs over yes. there. Yep. When they're I, starting to race and the drifting, the tone it's like they're in Japan and the music's just. I think the environment of Tokyo itself is really cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot, and I even, by the way, I bought the soundtrack back in the day. So it was good. That's how much well, I liked of, it. Of I course, bought. you did. <laughs> no, I mean I rarely bought cds back then it was mostly just ipod and shit so this was kind of a rare moment cinematography was good in this movie too i think it's not bad great with capturing the racing shots and those were all legitimate racing um, yeah. for the most part i think that, uh, especially the scene in the garage in which the is one too. of the better scenes for sure like just seeing them drift inside a small tight space like that that's it's a lot of cool practical effects this is the movie that kind of made the studio i guess it didn't do too well though when it originally came out right. so that's why they had to go back to like Vin Diesel and Ball Walker. Mm-hmm. In oh, a way, yeah. it rebooted it so that it, the series definitely takes a different turn. But you could have had a better character, to be honest. Like Lucas Black. Was I liked his character. Really? I, I, he was the one I liked I him didn't too. Like. I'm not going to lie. I when he has his little cameo in um, Fast 7, I guess. And he was 60 at that point. I, yeah, he, <laughs> he had, he's supposed to be the scene from Threes right in there. after. But it doesn't make a lot of sense because I was like, like this I'm guy in looks... NCIS Miami now. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, man. I'm just racing cars out here in Tokyo, so this is my life. <laughs> what? He's like retired now. <laughs> Guys, make dude, they make references in that movie that technically, if this was taking place in 2016, it doesn't make sense. Cause How does like, he have a cell phone? Like nobody that? has an iPod like yeah. that anymore. <laughs> Come on, little Bow Wow, what you doing? Overall, though, I like it. It's a it's one of those movies you don't get. You turn your mind off. Just watch it. It has some really good, like cinematography with the colors too. Yeah. Especially with the neon colors and lights. I agree. It just works, man. There's even a scene where they slow down time and they show them drifting through like a crowd, which is still kind of impressive, mm-hmm. even though it's CG. But I mean, for me, it's like a solid movie. It's thirty seven percent, but I feel like people were hoping for like a return to like how. Fast and Furious is in the first movie, I guess. 
Well, yeah, because really they took out Vin Diesel for the last two films. Yeah, and it's like and no Paul Walker. And no Paul Maybe Walker this, in this one. I don't know if the intention so. was to reboot it from this point, but right. it did, but in a different way. So yeah. and it took a while to happen. Yeah. So um, those are three movies that didn't score too well with the critics, guys, but movies that we can recommend you because, as you know, we like to watch all sorts of movies so. yeah so go out there and watch them let us know what you think and if you have any recommendations of the same caliber then let us know maybe we'll check it out okay so let's move on now to our review of the nun i had a series of visions when i was younger and after each one ended the same thought would be stuck in my head what did you see I saw none. Word of my visions reached the church, and I was asked to accompany a priest to an abbey in Romania. The abbey has a long history. Valak, not all good. What? All right, guys, so The Nun is about a priest with a haunted past and a novice on the threshold of her final vows are sent by the Vatican to investigate the death of a young nun in Romania and confront a malevolent force in the form of a demonic nun. This is directed by Corin Hardy, who uh, in 2015 directed The Hollow. Which is not that bad of a movie. Which is, yeah, I actually I remember I watched that because you recommended yeah. it. So, Never seen it. Uh, it's not. I think it was on Netflix saw, yeah. or Amazon Prime at one point. Mm-hmm. It's actually... Kind of a creepy movie. Uh, this stars Damon Bashir as Father Burke, Teresa Farmiga as Sister Irene, Jonas Blokit as Frenchie, and Bonnie Ahrens as the nun. So let's start out here with Nabil. Uh, yay or nay on this one? Mm, nay. No. Uh, I wasn't feeling And I get creeped out by these kind of films. Like the jump scares get me every time, and it bothers me that it does so much, but not this movie. I was worried for you for a yeah. second. I okay, okay. Scared. We'll get into it in a sec. Uh, what about you, Marco? It's a hard name, man. This movie is a dumpster fire. <laughs> I, there's just nothing about this movie that I enjoyed. I, 15 minutes into it, I was like, fuck, how much longer is this movie? Okay, so I saw it with Marco, and I can agree. First off, <laughs> side note, kind of had a headache coming into this movie. Don't know why. <laughs> Every time a goddamn torch went on the screen, I had I did that weird thing where I used my, my hand to block it. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, my head hurts. And then Migraine. it only worsened it. I was like, can they just fucking just turn a light on in this movie? I know. It doesn't make <laughs> sense. It doesn't make sense, I know. But I mean, my goddamn head was pounding. Can they but just regardless, slow walking throughout the entire fucking movie? Oh, I God. struggled to stay awake during this one as well. During a sequence, I almost thought to myself, if I take a 10-minute nap, I'm not going to miss anything. Probably not. But I didn't. I just to say. let you guys know, I, I watched it, and it is definitely a hard nay for me as well. Which is disappointing because I actually liked Annabelle Creation, so uh, can't all be winners, I guess. Which which I didn't, but I gotta say that movie is better than this. Oh, I got at least scared in Annabelle Creation. We'll talk about it later, but yes, was this movie even remotely scary? Did you guys jump? They I had, had, no, I didn't jump. There was no jumping. I think I no. jumped only because someone sneezed. <laughs> I think I mean I remember I grabbed Mark at one point, but it might have also been me falling asleep. Yeah, I I wasn't scared at all. I was bored, which is weird because everything was predictable. Uh, Every scare was predictable. It was. I'm like, okay. I I don't know know if we've seen too many movies at this point. No, I feel like I was talking to Mark about it yesterday. I feel like overall, since we've been doing this, I've become a better critic on horror films. No, not just films in general. <laughs> yeah. Like, for instance, with The Predator, back in the day, I probably would have been like, it was pretty good. But nowadays, I'm like, I looked at it a little more critical than normal. So maybe, <laughs> I was like, Same. maybe we're getting better at this. But I'll, I'll tell you this. We we saw Hereditary, and I, nothing, oh. there were, wasn't much that was predictable in that movie. Film. And it was, Her- that Hereditary movie was, is a different Yeah, that movie was scary film. as fuck. I mean, the, maybe because they had to follow the Conjuring kind of, like, universe, I guess. Is that it, maybe? I know, because that or didn't even because matter, because that, that reference really didn't happen until the end of the movie. So they pretty much set themselves right. up to have carte blanche or what they wanted to do with the nun. It's I think also, it's because they need to just put an end to the series and start something new. Well, I think they were trying to go with the route of more, like, almost exorcist kind of thing, like, trying they, to set that tone. Yeah. 
but uh, they never nailed. They never got there. It's no. like a low budget version of yeah. that. And I thought no, it was not super even. weird. Not even. I'm gonna mention it too. Sister Irene is played by the character in The Conjuring, the wife, uh, Vera Farmiga. That's her sister in this movie, and it just confused the shit out of me the entire time. The whole time I was trying to figure out if she was a daughter or she was a mother. I thought that might be the same be lady as when she person. was younger. Yeah. I even told Marco, I was like, I think that's her. And then by the end, I was like, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. I was like, man, that's really weird. They used like a... She looks exactly like her, except 21 years younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but real quick, no, it did not nail the the whole tone. No, not uh, The whole tone of uh, The Exorcist. I'd say Hereditary did that way better as far as like just psyching you out and just freaking you out. I watch Hereditary again. I'd I'd definitely be down to watch that movie again. Um, Was there any moment you guys liked? You know, I liked um, Father Burke. I thought he was a character that I was going to enjoy more, and I kind of liked because he was serious at his work, but, but you know, seemed... Because sometimes they kind of overdo it where he's like, oh, he's a Catholic priest, and he's, you know, with the Vatican, and he's super serious and all this. But the way that they approached him, like, he was relatable, too. He's like, he's seen some stuff. Even the, his little history, though, I think it was probably unnecessary even to go to that detail. Um, I kind of just liked how Damien um, Bashir played him. I like I I that was a redeeming thing for me. He like, probably has character. the best acting performance, yeah. I'd say. Uh, the, well, he's Oscar nominated. First time, only yeah. person in there that's been Oscar nominated, nominated for an Oscar. Right. So, see, I, I yeah. enjoyed him only because I like and appreciate the actor. That's about it. His character, same. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think particularly the character <laughs> was that fun. Honestly, I think Frenchie was the best part of this movie. <laughs> same here, <laughs> which he was is a comic weird. relief though. Was to he, an extent he was, was he? but he also was the guy that was doing stuff. That was more practical. Yeah. yeah. Which, I won't, say, I won't say, I mean, yeah, we won't get into it right now. We will have a slight spoiler section, I guess. Even though there's not much to spoil in this it's one. It's really the only Actually, one I realized that, that some is. crazy stuff was going on while everyone else is walking around with blinders. Yeah. So. Well, Marco, first, did you have any parts you liked, though, Marco? <sighs> Dang. Um, He's like, did not see that question coming. Yeah, I... Nay. Uh, kind kind of. I don't. I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but it's kind of towards the end, so I'll probably save it for the spoilers. Okay. It has to do with Frenchie. That's fine. Anyway, that's fine. That's that's probably it. Um, I liked. I guess, man. I don't want to spoil it either. Now this should be in the spoiler <laughs> section, probably. No, not really. I liked Frenchie overall. He yeah. actually was a character that starts off as like a fucking doofus. Yeah. And he still is. Like, he's hitting on uh, Sister Irene in the beginning. Yes. And I thought it was so corny, but it was so bad it was good. Like, yeah. he's just like, I don't give he's a just fuck so about fucking the, over the top. And he's just like, Shorty, want to ride with me? You know what I mean? Basically. Like, You're not a nun yet. I know. And he gave her that wink, and I was like, you sly pooch. <laughs> no. um, That was okay. And there's a scene with Father Burke where he's trapped in a situation that I liked a lot, too. Yeah. Which I thought was actually the only scene that was tense. Was that the only? Yeah, was that yeah. the only scene with action? <laughs> no, this no, is scene at the end. There was action yeah. in this movie. It, there That's, is, uh, there is. Um, yeah, so let's. You know what? Because before we go into worst, I feel like we should just let's go into spoilers. Because I'm revealing too much. If you guys really are interested in this, I highly recommend you just listen to the spoiler section still. So yeah, it you're, might sway, you're not miss it might out sway you. But if not, if you like to stay traditional to our podcast and skip that section, go to our outro, go ahead and do it. Totally fine too. So back to spoilers. Worst part. I'm gonna tell you guys my worst part that I didn't like. <laughs> Actually, I'm also gonna slightly tell you about a part I did like. When they go into the little ice locker and that one crazy bitch is just like sitting up. Yeah. That scared me a little, a little bit. Creepy. That was creepy. Yeah. He's like, I didn't leave her like that. I was like, ooh, that's mm-hmm. weird. But see, that's the first nah. 15 minutes of the movie. I thought it was like, oh, okay. Let's see where this goes. I knew he was going to say that. I was like, he's going to say he didn't leave her like that. I'm like, oh, shit. I mean, I'm, predictable, but I liked the um, effort. Not just the effort. I actually liked that whole little area. It was creepy. That room was the creepy part of yeah. it. Yeah. How did they, and we were just like talking about this, Like, how, how did they not realize that the like that head nun there was a fucking demon. oh sister alice or yeah. whatever her name is yeah. right i don't know there's she's, there's she a comes there's out a, of nowhere there's she, a nun that they walk into a room they turn around and she's suddenly sitting on the chair and she has like a voice like this she's like what are you guys doing here and then nobody thinks to think mm, don't really trust her but they're like uh i'll roll with it let's see what she has to say 
And it's so apparent that she's a bad dude. You oh, can yeah. fucking see her skin's rotten through her freaking you face s- cover, or whatever. I'm I mean, like, uh, she might that be old, that she old might be, normal. She might be old. No, <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, no, some people's skin. If you don't use Dove, <laughs> you're damaging yourself, Jeez. sir. I'm letting you know now. She she needs to buy that shit by the pound. Then I'm gonna, let me just touch Marco's arm. Rough. I knew it. He's on the he's oh, the man, sister guys. he's on the oh, sister man. Alice hey, treatment. Hey, hey, I'm soft on the inside. Okay, that's true. Heart of gold. Single ladies. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. We're going off topic because this is more interesting than the movie. Yeah. Um. What, what was, was the part, part that James? you? No. Wait. What was the part that you liked though, Marco? Well, before we go into worst parts. Man, when Frenchie grabs that shotgun and he's just walking yeah, around like yeah. a badass, I'm like, this is the only guy that knows what to do. I was like, this Nathan Drake because, looking motherfucker. Because look, I get look. In The Exorcist, at least when the priest prayed and used the cross, it worked. In this, it didn't. I'm like, dude, if your shit isn't working, you need to use other means of defense. And Frenchie knew what was up. He grabbed that gun and it actually seemed to work. I did like that. I liked his little line where he was like, you know what? You could use a shotgun, is what Father Burke told him. And he's like, I'm saving it for an emergency. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he, oh, yeah. he he axed the one chick. Yeah, yeah, and, and he was uh, like, "That was house. he's like that qualified as an emergency." And I was like, uh, "Okay." That, see, that was if the movie part. was like that the whole time, it might be decent. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, this is the last ten minutes of the movie. Yep. I was like, "Shit!" I was like, "Frenchie should have been this whole fucking thing, dude." I thought it was hilarious when he rips off the cross and brings it with him all the way back to the bar. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> That's just the kind of like, why did they just focus on this guy? It would have been funny. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, like truthfully, truth, truthfully, do we need two people in the thing? I know the whole point of Sister Irene is because she's not yet a young yeah. nun, sorry, so she's quote unquote not pure yet or something like that. Mm. And it would have been cool just to f- focus on Father Burke actually and yeah. used him as like the. I mean, main he looked guy. like he's got some good history, so why not, right? He was but almost like the Van Helsing of this guy. So all, yeah. yeah, on that, on her not being pure, like it would have made more sense to like or, ordain her or whatever they do as a nun. And have her like have that uh, that that title when they get to this monastery. I thought she was going to become the nun too. By the way, so did I. I thought that was the whole thing. That she must be the one. But nope, not at all. I was like, okay, well, she kind of would have made sense, right? I mean, it would have been cooler. It was technically then a secret origin story to it. Yeah, right. Not this fucking. was it the Knights of Camelot or some shit? I don't right. know what they were. I was like, okay. This is oh, the Knights of Templars. Templars, Templars. Templars I thought that was cool. I was like, can someone like don the Knights of like, Templars? Why don't you see that? Why don't you see that? Demons? Doesn't it seem like that would have been the better movie too? Yeah. Then? yeah. Like, let's not yeah, go to the 50s. I'm like, well, let's go to that flashback right there. Yeah, let's go back to the Crusade moment. That'd be mm-hmm. kind of cool. There's uh, a fucking castle. Yeah. That you don't see a lot of. You see two a hallway in a room. It's a real castle, though. Also, it, I don't know where we find out that they have the freaking the blood of Christ there. <laughs> now, it's the blood of Christ, your most powerful, potent weapon, and the the nun, uh, sister sister Irene, swallows the whole thing. I'm like, you, you, that's all you have. Even just taking a it's step back, it's not like Jesus is gonna come give you more. Did you like how um, the kind of Indiana Jones did? With like the light beaming off yeah. the statue to yeah. where it was. I was like, oh, I was okay. like, okay, whatever, guys. Sure. She's like, where's that out? I'm like, I can show you myself. That's why they have the key. Yeah. I was like, oh, the random key. Uh, going back real quick. Worst part. What was the worst part for you, Nabil? That really was one of the worst parts for me. The ending um, scene or the oh, discovery of the blood of Christ. The discovery of the blood of Christ. Um, and then saying that, oh, well, she's the uh, bride of Christ. Should be carrying the blood. And I'm like, why would the Vatican keep it there? Like, that's not something you forget I about. I think they said that b- capsules of that were given away to certain Templars or something like that. So th- I don't think that's actually the only one from what they said. Said so I must have missed that because yeah. I was kind of zonking yeah. out Me at this too. point. I, I mean, I had checked out. I was... But honestly, I was looking at James' watch, and I was like, <laughs> "Fuck, what time is it?" Yeah, My, get me the, out of here. What I really didn't like is the whole um, the whole point of saying that you know she was in that room praying. She started um, trying to pray away the demon, and she was really alone. And I know she was having visions, but like she was being attacked as well. And none of that it didn't matter. You know, not it at was all. just like okay, now Frenchie and Father Burke are here, so let's move on to the rest of the movie. Like there was no point to it. She there was no development there was it, it there was no payoff it just was happened and then it didn't okay yep what about you marco what was your worst uh worst moment um probably the, the, whole, the whole fucking Dude, thing. title the whole, screen the whole, the whole thing fucking right? title screen to the, the end baby thing. 
I I gotta say it's when the when the father is just like stuck there and he's getting the the, the demon is taunting him with his flashback of his backstory. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot and, about that part. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, it's not the real fucking kid. Come on, just just just. I pray mean, it away. the foreshadowing for me is the worst thing in this movie. It's that terrible. Too. That too. It's too on the nose. Like, oh, he so on literally the nose. tells the story, and five minutes later, I'm like, well, there's the goddamn kid. Yeah. Oh, he's talking about the bells of the thing, and guess what? He's trapped in the goddamn grave. Yep. Up, mm-hmm. oh, gotta find the nuns, and of course the nuns are there. Up, oh, they're fake. Up, mm-hmm. oh, because she brought up she had visions ten minutes ago, and look at what happened. Yep. Visions. I'm like, goddamn, the writing here is so poor. Yep. Do we need any more spinoff films in here? Because I've already talked about how it's predictable. Like everything's predictable. Well, honestly, both. There's another. Then there's another one coming. There's another one coming yeah. for the from Conjuring to the um, the one man or whatever, whatever mm, it's I'm, called. I'm shaking my head right there, now. And you know that's just him trying to milk it, and that's I get it. Just keep me Conjuring three. But Annabelle which creation, working on, by the though way. it was a better film, um, I wasn't a big fan of to begin with, and the nun is no better to me. And at so least I'm Annabelle like, creation scared me. Yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. Like it's scary, but it wasn't something that I'd want to see yeah, again. It had a better plot, I'll give it that. I it did. I don't think we really need to do anymore. I think the conjuring eh. series is scary enough and they can just kind of stick with it. Just that. to let you know, the plot of the third one sounds absolutely crazy. It has it's werewolves, I guess, or something. So we'll see. Um, does, uh, does Van Han- Van Helsing come out? <laughs> at this point, maybe. Actually, but as I'm about to get into how would you rank this with the Conjuring film so far? So we have The Conjuring came out in 2013, Annabelle 2014, Conjuring 2 in 2016, Annabelle Creation was last year in 2017, which we actually reviewed on the pod. Take a look. Mm-hmm. And then The Nun now in 2018. So what? I know, Nabil, you've seen them all. Yeah. How would you rate them? Uh, Conjuring, Conjuring 2, Annabelle Creation, Animal, and The Nun. Oh, so this is absolutely the worst one. Oh, you? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Marco? I know you haven't seen. I've only seen three yeah. uh, out of all. So I've only seen The Conjuring, Annabelle Creation, and this shitty disaster. Okay, so I'm assuming it'd be right in that order. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd yeah. say yeah. The Conjuring, maybe the sequel. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. No, you don't have to rate the ones. Yet. Another movie. Another movie. Then Annabelle Creation. <laughs> Add in like three more fucking movies after that. Like the and Predator, the, the Predator, the, the and Predator, then. Uh, and then the Nun. Yeah. Oh, Predator Two, and then the Nun. Mine would actually be um, Conjuring, Conjuring Two, Annabelle Creation, the Nun, then Annabelle. I actually think oh, Annabelle's wow. worse. Hmm. Annabelle sucks. Holy shit! I mean, it's pretty bad. It's I bad. I mean, you, but I got I mean, scared a little bit in Annabelle. Well. This movie's bad, but Annabelle, holy shit! Right? And I'm a scaredy cat, and that's yeah. the only reason why I'm like, if I didn't get that scared by the Nun. Then I don't did, think did you watch I'm, a, I'm a scaredy cat I did. too. Yeah, oh. I'm a scaredy cat. You know, I yeah. jump a lot. But this one, I think, because I was mo- mostly annoyed, I was like, "Can this just fucking end?" <laughs> but going back to your question of should they um, continue with this? They're going series? to regardless. By the way, they yeah, we know they are, but they shouldn't. They should do something new. Yeah, these don't cost a lot of money to make, by the way. Right. Well, Blumhouse production is pretty cheap. Yeah, so this one did a good job. didn't cost a lot, and it just killed over the weekend. Oh, it made a lot so of money. It already made it money, so. And they did a pretty heavy um, advertising campaign on this one. Yeah. The, I mean, I don't know how many times I mean, you we heard about Facebook. this film in a while ago, Did they? Ago because too. I was surprised that when they showed the shocking scene from the trailer, while we were watching it, people were still shocked. That, I saw it coming that always happens. fucking two miles away, and I'm like, we know what's coming, right? Yeah, right. That, that's and then, as much as I mean, not everybody jumped like two people did, right. I guess. So, and the sound um, too, you know, the sound will always make you jump. Yeah, especially in that Cinemark XD, right? Mm. <laughs> not worth the money. Okay, so overall, we do not recommend this one. It does not have the Movie Pal seal of approval. Definitely no, not. Don't don't see it. Skip so it. there's much better uh, horror films that have come out. Check out Hereditary. This was Please a disappointment do. because I actually was looking forward to this movie. So. Uh, the trailer was scarier than the movie. I, mean, I, I and I legit was like, "Wow, this actually marketing wise, scary. yes, they did really good with it." Yeah. But um, overall, it's a dud. So, all right, guys. So that is the end of our review of the Nun and the coming to the end here of the podcast. Once again, guys, thank you for listening. Keep it up with the feedback, response, and reviews. Uh, Marco, how can they reach us? Check us out on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash moviepalspod, or tweet at us at moviepalspod. 
Again, give us feedback, recommendations. Let us know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. If you have any topics that you'd want us to discuss, feel free to recommend those. If you listen to us on uh, iTunes, please, please, please give us a review. We really appreciate it. Um, you can even give us feedback there and rate us. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. So Nabil will be taking a slight hiatus here. He's gonna, vacation time, guys. We're Sorry. sending him away for a little He's bit. He's going away again. So we're going to actually have a guest on our next one here. And we will be reviewing an actual kind of an older film here. The 2017 film, The Vault. So much older. I mean, it's a year. <laughs> Relax. Crossing our fingers here because it's a Netflix film. It can go 50-50 here, right? It's going to so, be great. Should be fine. And then after that, we'll have Nabil back, and I believe we will be reviewing A Star is Born. So. Until then, guys, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.